With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. But the news of the day is not from baseball. It's not even from football. Yesterday we had Sam Darnold signing and agreeing to terms and coming out to practice while we were on air. Today, it's about the NBA. The NBA, for the first time ever in the history of major professional sports, has a, has a, uh, a betting sponsor. They have a betting sponsor. Now, look, this is, and and uh, I got a chance to meet with our sales staff at iHeartRadio. You can download uh, the iHeartRadio app, listen to our show wherever you go yesterday. And one of the great things about sales is they can sell anything. The NBA has become the first U.S. sports league to sign an official betting sponsor. Who knew? Who knew that was something you could... Today, Adam Silver announced that the league struck a deal with MGM... 
that will give the gaming company rights to use the league's highlights, names, logos, and direct data feed, as well as exclusivity uh, marketing itself as the official gaming partner of the NBA and the WNBA. I've often said, you know you have a gambling problem if you're betting on the WNBA. Industry sources pegged the deal to be three years and at least $25 million. Wow. It is not known if the NBA receives a, quote, integrity fee that gives the league a percentage of the amount wagered on NBA games and events. The league was looking for a 20% to 1.20% to 1% cut based on the total bets made on NBA to compensate for an increased compliance costs. The NBA believes will arise from expanded legal sports betting in the U.S. The integrity fee is strongly opposed by the American Gaming Association, whose position is that it unfairly taxes operators whose margins are already razor thin. In other words, an integrity fee is the VIG. And Adam Silver's like, hey, listen, you guys can collect the bets. We want to collect the VIG to protect the <clears throat> integrity of the game. People have been betting on sports for a long time. They've been betting on basketball for a long time. They've been betting on basketball legally in all of the in in Las Vegas for a long time. But with the recent um, Supreme Court ruling, which allows states to rule themselves and to set their own uh, betting laws, MGM, which is in several different states around the country, Nevada, Maryland, Mississippi, Jersey, uh, I said Mississippi, um, and Massachusetts is going to open books next week. New York as well. MGM owns properties there. Now they're going to collect bets on NBA games legally like they would, and now they can be the official gaming sponsor. I don't know what the true value is to saying you're an official gaming sponsor. I do know that what this is doing is Eliminating a taboo from our childhood. And I continue to tell you that there is a downside. This is like, this is like marijuana being decriminalized and then legalized. And what's, what's amazing about it is it's amazing about it is um, like on one hand, on one hand, marijuana and THC and CBD, you know, if if properly used, like these drugs are less harmful in many ways than legal drugs like alcohol, then then definitely than prescription drugs, which people become addicted to if you're using it to manage pain. Like there is a lot of good. On the other hand, once you make something totally legal and you collect taxes on it, and so you fund, you know, schools and other budgets that are out of whack, like we can't stop you from waking bacon every day. And if you can do it as an adult, what's the message we send to kids? Like, it is hard. The same is true with gambling. When I go to Las Vegas, I only go to the sports book. I just, we've talked about this before. I don't really know how to play craps, although I've played craps. It's the most fun. It seems like the most fun place. And it seems like somebody's always winning at the craps table, even though I know that's not true. Right. It's just loud and people having a good time. And there's always a guy with a nice looking jacket. It's got a nice look of women and they're, you know, and somebody's blowing on the dice and it looks like a good time, but I don't really know what I'm doing there. So I stick to blackjack a little bit, but blackjack can go good or bad in a theme. Whereas I feel like I get more bang for my buck when I put $20 down in a game or on a parlay. Right. Then I get to watch three or four games. My entertainment value goes way, way up. 
So I'm not going to sit here and be some curmudgeon and say, I don't bet. But once you start having the official betting sponsor of the NBA, you're telling everybody, you know what? This is the way it's going. We're good with it. We embrace it. Which is, it's the reality of, of, of the way, of the time in which we're living. But if you've ever met somebody that's got a gambling problem, and maybe this, maybe what you're telling us is, the reality is, if you have a gambling problem, this wasn't going to change things. If you have a gambling problem, if you had that gambling addiction, you had the gambling bug, legalizing sports betting isn't going to change anything. And that, to which that you're probably right. But this is a seminal moment in professional sports. In many ways, long overdue, right? The folks in Vegas, they do know how to handle this stuff. They do know how to monitor betting. They do so so they know if there's a spike in a game that something's not on the up and up. Like Vegas, these people are professionals. They have they went legit a long time ago. A long time ago. Because otherwise the the city would cease to exist. So half of me loves this. Half of me knows that Vegas is getting the Raiders. Vegas is getting a ridiculous stadium. Vegas is going to get NCAA events. Vegas eventually should get a Super Bowl, which is the perfect Super Bowl city. And it should get a Final Four because it's the perfect Final Four city. And that's great. And people have been betting for a long time, and this takes the taboo away from sports betting. You know, it's like, look, you're going to legalize some and not legalize the other. You know, you already had lottery tickets, which is the odds are terrible. Plus, there's no real entertainment value in it. Now I get to watch a game and got a little money on it, and I didn't have to call some guy. Like, like we're trying to eliminate the black market, which is smart. But I'm fascinated. I'm, you know what I'm fascinated by? I'm always fascinated by the law of unintended consequences. I think the intention here by the NBA is a good one. Hey, look, people are already betting on games. It's going to be legal nationally. Let's link up with MGM, huge name, respectable name. Let's collect some money per year. And by the way, if we can charge an integrity fee, make some money on top of that to make sure that our players are impervious to this sort of thing. Like, look, our guys make so much money, you know, that's the idea. But are there unintended consequences that we're not paying attention to? You know, do we open up players to be blackmailed for things in their in their personal lives that they don't want to become public? Do we? How, how do we do this? And, and oh, yeah, by the way, if you're MGM, are you really going to see value in that type of sponsorship? Maybe that's not anybody's worry other than MGM. But mark this down. July 31st, 2018, seminal moment. Professional Sports League links arm in arm with um, with a major gambling company. And the NBA can interact in a gambling space. Which, I mean, you want to talk about a great way. To, I've often said this about baseball. Look, if you're going to go in, go all in. Give me an adult gambling section in a Major League Baseball game where only if I go to the site of the game, I can get an iPad. I can run my card and charge up my thing for 200 bucks, and I can bet on whatever I want to bet on. Next pitch, will, will Albert Pujols ground out here or will he get a hit? You know, will he get a walk? What will happen this inning? What will happen with this pitch? What will happen with whatever? It makes 
it, it makes the mundane of regular season action incredibly thrilling. Anybody who's had money on a game has, been, has experienced this. If this shot goes in, I win. If it doesn't, I don't. Crazy as it sounds. But I do think there's some unintended consequences we may not be paying attention to. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I want to play for you a little bit of what uh, what LeBron James said last night. He had a sit-down interview with Rachel Nichols. And there's a couple points that uh, he said about this year's Lakers team that I think peaked up, uh, perked up some people's attention. This is LeBron on how he's trying to build championship habits within the Lakers team. We don't have any right now, but we definitely want to be better than we were the previous year. And we want to, you know, have championship. You know, you guys know me. When it comes to championship habits, that doesn't mean you, you can bring it in a championship, but that means you practice excellence every day. And I expect that from not only myself, but from my teammates. That's what Genie, that's what Magic, that's what Rob will want. That's what Luke is going to want. And uh, we shouldn't sell ourselves short of that. Our plan... And uh, I train and I set my mind every single day to play for championships. And, uh, and, and Magic and, and Jeannie and, they, and Rob, and they believe the same thing. And that's what their goal is, too. So uh, when, you have, when you're around people who have the same goal in mind, then uh, you can live with the results. Wow. How about that? How about that? Yeah, look, it's about a championship mentality. There's a couple of things that go counter to that. Now, I think LeBron James works on his body as well as any NBA player maybe ever has. I think I think LeBron James works on his game uh, to a, at a very high level. I'm not going to say higher than anybody else because there are there have been times in which there have been holes in his game. Although he steadily improved his shooting, he's always been a dead passer. His ball handling's gotten better as well. But LeBron doesn't practice. It's really hard to establish championship habits within a team if you don't practice. So, so missing within this conversation by, by Rachel Nichols, which was a really good conversation, there was, was some politics that were discussed. There was the amazing project that was completed and opened yesterday, the school, the I Promise School. But, but there was no discussion or question about whether or not he's going to practice this year. I would expect him to practice. Uh, he said it's not going to be a rebuilding year. But it doesn't mean it's going to be a championship year. Now, I, I don't know what you consider a rebuilding year. But usually a rebuilding year is when you take a step back. For Will he personally take a rebuilding year? I guess maybe. Here's, here's the push and pull to it. Okay, I'll give you LeBron James is great. I give you LeBron James has consistently been one of the top couple players in the NBA over the last decade. Has he been the best player every year? The answer is no, he hasn't. Um, his best has been as good or anybody. He has had years to which he's the best. But remember, we're talking about last 15 years. We're talking about, you know, there was a year when Dirk won the MVP. He was incredible. Dirk was never the defender, never the passer, but an incredible, incredible score. You had Tim Duncan. You had uh, probably at the end of the Jason Kidd run. I probably wouldn't put him in that mix. You had Kobe. Uh, and some of Kobe's great years before he started to fade because of injury and because of age. Even now, Harden, Westbrook, KD. And you have and you have kind of the, the new group. Steph Curry. 
had the year where he's an unanimous MVP. I've always thought LeBron James is a more valuable player, but Steph Curry had a better year the year they won 73, and he was the unanimous, unanimous MVP. Kevin Durant was better than, than LeBron James, by my estimation, in the past two NBA Finals. It just was. <clears throat> and two years ago, LeBron had to guard him. It didn't work out well for LeBron, especially in the second half. Part of that was the construction of the team. Too much weight put on his shoulders. Part of it was KD was just awesome. Awesome. Can't guard him with one guy. So, um, I'll give you that he's an incredible player. A top five all time. Some people believe he's the best player of all time. I'm, I'm still a Jordan guy. And truthfully, in their prime, I would take Magic and Bird. I would. Even though uh, there are things that he does that Magic and Bird never did. There are things that they did he hasn't done. But um, the idea that because he's been to the NBA Finals so many times, like, look, the Eastern Conference has been has been uh, has been the inferior conference. It just had it's been inarguable. And the perfect example of that is if you took this exact same roster and you stripped the you said the Lakers are going to play in the East this year. I'd say they're probably the third best in the East, and they would you would think they would finish. They would play against the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. They'd probably be the second best in the East, but people would say, "All right, you got the Raptors. They won all those games." But those, that's it. It's the Celtics would have a better ro- roster. The Celtics are the better team, and then there's the, uh, and then there's the, the the Lakers in the West. Houston, Golden State, obviously. And probably Oklahoma City. I think anywhere between fourth and sixth is about reasonable expectations. It's really reasonable expectations. And though it's not a rebuilding year for the Lakers because they didn't make the playoffs, won 35 games. And if they can win 50 games this year after 35 last year, that's a building year. That's an improved year. That's a year to which things start to come together and they start to figure what out what's what and see what they do in the playoffs. But that's personally got to be a rebuilding year, right? So maybe we're arguing semantics. But the challenge for LeBron is going to be, look, last year he showed he can play 82 games and still have juice in the playoffs. Can he play 82 or close to practice and still have it left to play in the playoffs? It's a hard thing. I think he's a very smart guy. I think he knows his body incredibly well. That's one reason he's never been hurt. I think he knows when to go hard and when to when to when to take his foot off the pedal. There's times in which he doesn't guard people anymore. Um, so it's going to be a challenge to get him to guard more often, to get him to practice more often, to get him to continue to play as close to 82 games as possible. And I was asked earlier today on first things first, how long I, th- I thought he'd have prime LeBron. I thought three, but probably in the two years. I, I think he's he's going to slow down. He's not going to have, and he probably needs to, to start playing at a little bit lighter weight. But um, the one thing about basketball, and soccer has a little bit of this, football at quarterback has a little bit of this, or even you look at uh, Larry Fitzgerald as a, as a wide receiver. You can evolve. You can adjust. You have to be willing to do so. And I think LeBron has shown the will, always shown the willingness to allow other guys to play. So... Um, I think it's a fascinating thing, but he didn't say they expect a championship. He said they expect championship habits, championship habits include 
practicing. Practicing. We'll see if he has those. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. The story, though, is the Houston Cougars. Of course, uh, they're coached by Major Applewhite. Uh, There are massive expectations this year, as there have been in previous years. Uh, Last year, uh, a couple of unbelievable games, which they lost a close one to Texas Tech in a shootout, a close one to to Memphis, and a close one uh, in the bowl game, in the Hawaii Bowl, to Fresno State. Their head coach is Major Applewhite. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Major, how are you? I'm doing great, Doug. How are you doing? Good, man. Uh, football is back, and I know this is a 365, you know, 24-7 deal for you. But kind of as we get tomorrow's August, you play a football game in August against Rice. I think that's August against Rice. Um, give me your, your feelings right now about your team as we're less than really a true month out from seeing you play football. Uh, well, I hate to bore you with, with the typical coach speak, but, uh, you know, we our whole focus on this fall camp is – development of our team you know it's it's that's that's where our mindset is we've got great players on the offense defensive side guys have had a tremendous spring um with with you know some new scheme on offense two new coaches in the secondary on defense they've had a tremendous summer workout program and now it's time to just develop as as a team as a unit offense defense special teams as players and then at some point we'll shift the focus and we'll focus on rice the first game of the year uh, okay, one of the things that you guys have done, which is it's a trend in basketball, which has become a trend in football, is take a bunch of grad transfers, and you got some 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 high level grad transfers. How do you have guys that have already been coached, but they've been coached in different schemes by different people? What's that like in trying to understand what you're going to have when you take you know grad transfers like a Terrence Williams, like a like a Raylon Singleton, like a like a Nick Watkins. How have you gone about getting to know these guys and getting them up to speed on how you guys want to play in such short order? Well, there's a lot of things that go into it, but number one, all of these kids are from the state of Texas. So Raylon Singleton's from Crosby, Nick Watkins is from Dallas, Quentin Dormady is from Bernie, Texas. Um, you know, Terrence Williams is from Ennis. So you already know a lot about these kids through the first time around recruiting. So they're not just, you know, hired guns that you know nothing about. Right. Um, so they, they have a foundation of Texas high school football. It's a very recruited state. We know them through our staff. Uh, the second thing is you got to make sure they fit into your culture, you know, that, that they're not going to be, you know, oil and water. I mean, they've got to be able to mix and be able to fit in. And then lastly, you want to go out and find guys that have produced. And whether it's been Nick starting nine games last year at, at Notre Dame, whether it's been Raylon being a, a starter and a contributor at Utah, whether it's Quentin Normandy having staffs in the SEC or Terrence Williams running for 1,500 yards as a sophomore at Baylor. All these guys have done a tremendous job where they've been. It's not uncommon that these kids get their degrees early and they finish and they want to come back to the great state of Texas and develop their professional careers, but they also got a little bit of football left in them and, uh, and they want to finish out their career the right way. So there's a lot of things that go into it. Those are just kind of the three, and then obviously you got to have needs in certain positions. Uh, Ed Oliver, he's an incredible defensive tackle and um as as you said you're, you're rebuilding the coaching staff and your defensive backfield as well but i mean so good that you guys are building a heisman trophy campaign around him i'm now i feel like an old fart now because i was in college when charles woodson won the heisman trophy as a defensive player but as a former quarterback like like are you are you going through the motions with this thing because you think the world of the kid or do you think it's it's actual possibility he could win the thing 
I, I don't I don't put anything past anybody, you know, in terms of these awards and I've, I've seen seasons and things take different turns and um, you know, Ed's a guy who's certainly worthy of being in the conversation, you know, past results, you know, future indicator, probably not going to a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman, if we're all honest. But he's a rare player. Uh if he continues to, you know, keep his act together and play at that high level and uh we do well as a team around him. You know, I've seen guys have that opportunity. We were coming off of a four and seven season uh, when Ricky Williams won the Heisman in 1998, but it, it coincided with not only a great player with great stats, but a team that was winning, a team that was under first-year head coach Mac Brown, and there was a lot of buzz around that team, and it was able to stay on Sports Center and highlight shows, and writers on the West Coast would stay up to watch this guy run the ball. So there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, you know, as long as he continues to play at a great level, I think. Ed will be the first to tell you, just let the play speak for itself. But, you know, you've got to do all that stuff as a school and a sports information department and a, uh, a football team. So, you know, we welcome any kind of individual awards, but obviously all our focus is on the, on the, on the team awards. Major Applewhite, head coach of the Houston Cougars, joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. How many times have you gone into a kid's house or you've gone to recruit a kid now where it's the son of somebody you played against. That that's you're getting to that point to where like now I coach AAU basketball. I'm like, wait, his kids in college already? Uh you know, like oh, yeah. Trey Trey Young Trey Young, of course, is the son of Rafer Young, who I played against. He played at tech. How many times that happened to you? Well, I mean, you we all know well, I say we all know. I know him because I played with him, but Casey Hampton, he was a thirteen year pro for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he went to seven, six, seven Pro Bowls, Super Bowl champ. He was at our camp with his senior son this year. And I'm thinking, we used to hang out in the dorm and play Madden and eat pizza together, and now I'm recruiting your senior son. You know, so it's it's happening. Uh, it's not a bad thing, and it's 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 really good, actually. I mean, you you have a lot of familiarity as you get older with, with the parents. I think when you're in your 20s and your 30s, you're trying to relate to what it is to be a parent, what it is to have kids, and now that you have your own children and some of these parents are, went to school, high school, college, the same age, I think it, I think it helps in creating relationships, having something in common. What uh, like look? This is this has been a wild ride for you, right? Uh, you know, taking over before the the bowl game, uh, going back a couple years ago. Last year, you know, by Houston standards, I mean, you're, this is a program that's won nine, ten, eleven games. A little bit disappointing, and this year, obviously, people think you're you're loaded for for bear. What have you learned? And you know, now that you've had over a year on the job, like, what do you know now that you didn't know previously? A lot. I mean, uh, it's hard to put a a um, you know a tally on it, but there's just a lot of things that you're you're more in tune to as a head coach versus an offensive coordinator. Uh, you're you're worried about you know your 40 or so players on your side of the ball, your five quarterbacks, how they're doing academically. Now you're worried about how is academics in general. Um, you know I'm worried about getting Greg Ward's shoulder back so he can play at Edward Stadium on a Friday night. Now I'm worried about everybody's shoulders. Right. So it's 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 just a different scope, but but it's something that you enjoy and. As a head coach, you can see where your decisions help benefit players and staff members more so than if you're in a position role. So you take great pride in that. Um, you know, you wake up every morning and understand that everybody underneath your your watch has hopes and dreams. And your job is to work your butt off and give them all the resources that they need and and, uh, and the encouragement when they need it and kind of the you know kick in the rear when they need it. And that's that's the fun part about being head coaches. You see everybody from a from a you know bird's eye view. Uh, and you have appreciation for what they do. You don't always see that as a position coach. You don't always see how much 
pride that head trainer has in his training room or how much pride that strength coach has in his weight room or how much pride the equipment manager has in his you know, locker room. So those are things that you get to see as a head coach. You know, it's kind of interesting, your guys' schedule. You got Rice first, you know, a program that obviously you guys have dominated in the city of Houston. Then you go take on Arizona, coached by a former Houston head coach, right, in Kevin Sumlin. And then you go take on Tech, and they're coached by Cliff, who, of course, used to coach at at, at, uh, at UH as well. Like, you, it, this is it's like going and playing family, kind of, uh, your second and third game before you get into league play. Yeah, I mean, that's that's Texas in general. You know, it really is. I mean, everybody's within two degrees of separation in that state in terms of the coaching world. So um, it's it's not uncommon. Um, you know, I know those are storylines and things that create interest and entertainment value around the games, but I'm not going to be playing Cliff or Kevin. Hopefully none of us are out there playing or people will be thoroughly disappointed. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, at the end of the day, I, I get it. We all get the entertainment value of it, but it's going to be the guys that, that are out there and helping playing the game and all that kind of stuff. You you do you, you kind of you guys kind of have created a little bit of a monster though right like the the success at Houston has brought attention not just to your program and obviously the facilities being upgraded but I think it's 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 raised the level of other teams in the league is that fair right that that your that the success at UH has brought a higher level of football overall to the conference is that a crazy statement uh, No I don't think it's crazy I think you know that we had a great year we had a great year in 15. Uh, we underachieved in 16. We underachieved in 17. I mean, just being point blank honest. The thing I've always recognized is being from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, growing up just four hours from Houston, playing and coaching in the state. Um, Houston's always been powerful. It's always been powerful. I mean, the alumni, the coaches, whether it's Bill Yeoman, Kevin Sumlin, Art Bryles, whether it's Leroy Burrell, Carl Lewis, Clyde Drexler, Akeem Olajuwon, Freddie Couples, you know, Andre Ware. Just because we're in a different conference doesn't mean that we're not who we are. It's a very influential, very powerful city. Great university. Dr. Tours worked her tail off uh, to raise the academic standards of our of our campus and our school. Uh, I, I, I think there's a lot of people that have contributed to being respected as a conference, whether it's us, Central Florida, South Florida, Memphis, going in our own Navy, that you can name them all. It's a very competitive league, but um, you know, I don't I don't think that there's been a, a you know, a real big burst in terms of our football program. I've always been proud of our program, and our program's always been a program that can win, and it's had great tradition in it. And it's uh, not to be contrarian, but it's not kind of a Johnny-come-lately deal. This is something that's been going on for quite some time at our school, and so we're very proud of our tradition. We just got to keep doing our job to carry it on. Yeah, no, I don't think you're being contrarian. I, I think, I think though, that the national attention, I also think that it allows other teams in the league to recruit Texas a little bit more, and it stepped up kind of their level of, of recruit. I just, I do find it fascinating, yeah. though, that, that the, the league, that league has gotten better than I think the perception of it was going back a, a couple years ago. All right, you mentioned changing some offensively. How so? Well, you know, Coach Bryles, uh, Kendall, you know, our offensive coordinator and quarterback coach and Randy Clemens, our run game coordinator, obviously they've worked together for a while, created some explosive offenses together at Baylor. Uh, Kendall then took it to Florida Atlantic and did that for Coach Kiffin last year. Uh, the continuity between the two, the, the, the relationship, uh, they're bold. You know, they're a lot of courage. They're, they're, you know, they attack. Uh, they, they're not emotional, but they're very bold and courageous in what they try to do offensively with the tempo and the aggressiveness of going downfield, uh, but they still hang their hat on the test-of-time principles in terms of ball security, being able to run the football. 
uh, having a physical mentality in what you're doing. So I saw our team take to that in spring. I saw our quarterback develop. I saw younger wide receivers who hadn't got an opportunity to play as much step up in those roles. So I'm just looking forward to the next 25 days starting Friday in, in which we get to develop and, and get better as a football team. But coming out of spring, just and, and, you know, a lot of that has been made about the offense. Everybody wants to talk about offense. But same thing on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, with Coach Morgan and the safeties and Coach Williams in the corner. A lot of experience, a lot of continuity in the staff. Uh, just ready to build on it, quite honestly. It's, it's hard watching a bunch of exercises in, in May, June, and July. It's time to put a ball down and watch God play. No, no, no question about it. La- last thing in regards to uh, to that offense. You know, Art Briles, Kendall's d- dad, that offense was always described to me as, Hey, you know it's really the it's really the veer from shotgun, right? Like that's kind of what the scheme is inside the tackles. It's a veer, and the only difference is now you're out in shotgun, and and you and then you you also have the ability with with RPOs. Is that is that a good way, a layman's way of explaining it to those of us who aren't in the field room who don't understand the schematics of it? I, I think that that's a part of it, Doug. Honestly, I think that's a part of it. You know, there's some. Uh, you know, triple option type principles from the zone run game. Quarterback can be involved in it like old school triple option. There's the RPOs portion of it. Uh, there's obviously the tempo, the spread nature of it. Um, you know, it's it's hard to kind of coin just an offense in one or two sentences. The thing that I really was intrigued about, other than just how explosive they were and how great players they've had, the splits and the tempo and all that, is how they've been able to do that with different people whether it's been a Heisman and RG3, whether it's been Nick Florence, who people have to Google who that is now, but a highly accomplished, productive quarterback at Baylor. Uh, whether you have no quarterbacks and you've got to play a bowl game against a team with no quarterbacks and you line up six different guys at quarterback but still find a way to run for over 450 yards in the game. Just innovativeness, creativity, uh, things you have to do as you're building a roster, and we're still trying to build a roster from a lot of attrition. Coaching turnover does that, so... These are the type of this type of experience, type of continuity, and the type of creativity you need to put points on the board. And well, you know, I've just I've seen the relationships, the positivity, the confidence that they're building, guys. And you know, you you're, you're happy with who you've hired. Well, listen, I can't wait to see your team play against Rice and upcoming in a month. I know you want to get out there and get after it at practice. We appreciate you joining sure. us, and, uh, th- and and thanks for letting us know a little bit about Ed and and this campaign. It's gonna be fascinating <laughs> to watch uh, his progression. Absolutely, Doug. I appreciate you having me on the show. Go Cougs. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Uh. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.